When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder from Silver and Black Pride here. The Raiders won't be participating in Wildcard Weekend this weekend as the offseason is officially underway in Las Vegas. So this will be our very first offseason episode, and we've got two weeks' worth of news and questions to catch up on, so let's do it. I'll start things off with a farewell as the worst-kept secret in Las Vegas over the last two weeks is that Derek Carr's nine-year tenure with the team is coming to an end, and Carr officially confirmed that on Thursday this week. Carr posted a message to Raider Nation on social media that read, Raider Nation, it breaks my heart. I didn't get an opportunity to say goodbye in person. We certainly have been on a roller coaster in our nine years together. From the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful and appreciative of the years of support you gave my family and me. We had our fair share of heartbreaking moments and thrilling game-winning drives, and it always felt like you were there next to me. It's especially hard to say goodbye because I can honestly say that I gave you everything I had every single day, in-season and in the off-season. It certainly wasn't perfect, but I hope that I was able to leave you with more than a few great memories as Raider fans. Thank you to the city of Oakland for taking us in. Thank you to the city of Las Vegas for allowing us to proudly call you home. Thank you to the organization, my teammates, and everyone that helped me these last nine years in those two buildings. Thank you to all of Raider Nation that supported, encouraged, pushed, and uplifted me at different times along this journey. Raider Nation is truly special. I once said that if I'm not a Raider, I would rather be at home, and I meant that but I never envisioned it ending this way. That fire burning inside of me to win a championship still rages, and no man can extinguish, only God. So, I look forward to a new city and a new team who, no matter the circumstance, will get everything I have. Winning a championship is what, is, is what I've always wanted and what I will continue to work towards. God bless you all, and with love, DC. So, there you have it. Straight from the horse's mouth, the Derek Carr era is over. The Raiders will look to trade Carr before the February 15th deadline when that guaranteed money on his contract hits and the Athletics' Vic Tafer tweeted that Carr isn't extending the deadline and the team will cut him if they can't get a deal done. As always, I'll give you guys updates as they come. As I said at the top of the show, the offseason will be our focus and one of the storylines to keep an eye on so far has been the job security defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Graham has survived the first week of the offseason, which is a pretty strong sign that he'll be retained, and head coach Josh McDaniels signaled that Graham is safe before the Raiders' last game. I'm not really in touch with all the outside criticism, McDaniels said. I see what Pat does every day. I see what our staff does every day. I see what our players do every day. And look, football is a team game, and each man on the team is not going to be created equally. So I don't blame anybody, and we don't blame anybody here either. We just try to accept accountability for things that we can all do well to help try and win. I think Pat's done a great job of that. What we're judging is what they do on a day-to-day basis, and our job is to try to help them improve. In many cases, especially some of our younger players, have really showed progress throughout the season. we played a ton of players on defense, and that's an exciting thing moving forward. Any blame? It starts with me. McDaniels continued the quote-unquote put-it-all-on-me mentality in his press conference on Wednesday, stating, I think the number one thing is going back through what was I doing, what was I responsible for, how productive was I in my role in terms of things that I was really responsible for in that regard. I'm obviously responsible for everything, but in the terms of the individual hats that I try and wear, look at those things and see if they were really as productive as we really need them to be. 
I think listening to other people is really important this time of year. That's what I'm going to try and do with our coaches, and that's what I'm going to try and do for myself is listen to other people. McDaniels will continue to go on to say how he's working to build and maintain a culture and continue to hit home the point that he will lean on others to improve himself this offseason. Wide receiver Devontae Adams broke Tim Brown's franchise record for receiving yards in the season in Week 17, finishing with 1,516 yards to Brown's 1,408. But probably more importantly, Adams confirmed that he won't be going anywhere despite the Raiders moving on from Carr. I wouldn't have been here or ended up here originally if Derek wasn't here, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I won't be here in the event that he's not here. I support everything that he has moving forward, but my dream was to play for this team before he was a Raider, obviously, and at this point, I want to try to make this thing work and continue to do what I'm doing here. Adams was also asked if he was involved in the team's search for a new quarterback and replied, I'm not part of the front office, but obviously they know the reason why I came here. A step like this is obviously something that means a lot to me in my personal career and what I'm trying to chase as far as the ultimate pursuit to get a ring. So, the Pro Bowl wideout isn't going anywhere, and it sounds like he'll at least have some input on the quarterback conversations. On a related note, running back Josh Jacobs claimed the rushing title last weekend, totaling 1,653 yards, which was 115 ahead of Derrick Henry, who finished in second place. Jacobs became the second player in Raiders history to win the rushing title as Hall of Famer Marcus Allen did it in 1985. However, Jacobs did fall 106 yards short of, of Allen's franchise record of 1,759 rushing yards. Last week was also emotional in other ways for the 2022 rushing champ as he missed the team's last two practices after his father, Marty, suffered a heart attack and was in the hospital all week. Luckily, Josh's six-year-old son, Braxton, recognized that his grandfather was in pain and was the one to call 911, which potentially saved Marty's life. Marty ended up watching Josh cure the rushing title from the hospital after, after encouraging his son to fly home and play in the game. Jacobs later described last week as the hardest game he's ever played in. Now, the question remains on how much longer the impending free agent will remain a Raider, and he weighed in on the matter on Monday. It has to make sense for me, but this is obviously where I want to be, Jacobs replied when asked if he'll be back in Las Vegas next year. Coming in, I remember sitting down with Max Crosby and all of these guys and just talking about how the Ra talking about the Raiders organization and the culture and wanting to be a part of the change. I still feel that way, so hopefully I'm back. Jacobs was also asked about his comments after the Steelers game and if you've ever wavered on wanting to come back, and he replied, I feel like you always have those thoughts in your head, but it wasn't enough thoughts for me to really take it seriously. It was just more so me just trying to help the guys figure out what we need to do more. Now we play the waiting game and see what Josh Jacobs' future has in store. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up the news with our news roundup for the week. Now that the regular season is over, the Raiders know who they'll be playing next season and what their home and away matchups will be. The 2023 Raiders home games will be against the AFC West, the New England Patriots, New York Jets, Pittsburgh Steelers, Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, and New York Giants. And the Raiders' 2023 away games will be against the AFC West, of course, the Buffalo Bills, Indianapolis Colts, Miami Dolphins, Chicago Bears, and Detroit Lions. Turnovers seem to always be a key sticking point for the Las Vegas' defense and something they've struggled with. However, the Silver and Black hit a new low this season with just 13 takeaways, which is a franchise record and not one that you want to set. Speaking of setting records, kicker Daniel Carlson set a good one this season by making 11 field goals of 50 or more yards, breaking the record held by the Broncos' Brandon McManus, Ravens' Justin Tucker, and Vikings' Blair Walsh, who each had 10. 
So, congrats to Carlson on another fantastic season. Keeping the accolades theme going, the inaugural Players All-Pro team was announced, and two Raiders made the cut, running back Josh Jacobs and wide receiver Devontae Adams. Nick Bosa of the 49ers and the Browns' Miles Garrett beat out Max Crosby for the two edge defender spots. Defensive back Albert Lewis, who spent most of his career with the Kansas City Chiefs, but also spent the last five years of his career with the Los Angeles and Oakland Raiders, was named a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in what will be Lewis's last year of eligibility, so best of luck to you, Albert. Last but not least, the Raiders announced who they signed to future contracts, and as a reminder, future contracts are for any player who did not finish the season on the 53-man roster, and are essentially for teams to start filling out their training camp rosters. So, here are the players who the Raiders have signed for 2023. Defensive backs Isaiah Brown, Bryce Cosby, and Jalen Elliott, punter Julian Diaz, tight end Cole Fotheringham, offensive lineman Vitaly Gurman, Sebastian Gutierrez, and Jordan Meredith, wide receivers Chris Lacey, DJ Turner, and Isaiah Zuber, linebacker Kai Mauga, and running back Austin Walter. And that'll do it for this week's news. Here we go, mailbag time. And as your weekly reminder to have your questions answered on a future pod, either tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com, adamholder95, or sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. First up, do you think Devontae's comments on Wednesday's press conference signals that he knows the QB situation? Also, what's your take on the possibility of Anthony Richardson being the Raiders' future quarterback? So I think with Devontae's comments, I think he's definitely going to be involved in the quarterback to, uh, situation. If you, uh, I'm not 100% sure what you mean. Um, if he knows it, I don't even think the Raiders really know, but I definitely think they're going to be including him in the conversations because one of the things or one of the, the elements of uh, making the move away from Carr is you do still have to find a way to keep Devontae happy. So I definitely think they're going to want to at least keep him in those discussions to find cars replacement and all that good stuff. And like Devontae mentioned, whoever they pick as their next quarterback is going to have an impact on his career. So again, the, uh, the whole deal with the QB is going to situation this off scene is going to be, how can they make um, Devontae happy and obviously still get the right guy and all that good stuff. But yeah, I definitely think he's going to be involved in the conversations. Um, but yeah, I don't think anybody really knows what their quarterback situation is going to be for next year, even in that building. And as far as Anthony Richardson goes, I do like him as a as a tools type of guy. And I will say I haven't done my deep dive into the quarterbacks yet. I'll probably be a little bit closer to free agency or after free agency to get a read on what they're going to do. But um, with Anthony Richardson, I do like him as kind of a project. I'm just not exactly sold on him right away. The accuracy is is pretty rough, but definitely has a lot of traits. And I just feel like if they draft Anthony Richardson, going back to what we were talking about with Devontae, Richardson's going to need a lot of work, which I don't know how much Devontae's going to want to do that at 30 years old or whatever he's going to be, I believe, maybe 31 next year or something like that. So that's part of my hesitation with Anthony Richardson is if they do get him, he's going to be a guy that they're going to want to have a veteran in front of so they can sit for a little bit. So that's why I kind of waver on him. Not exactly thrilled about taking him at seven, to be honest, but we'll see how it all plays out. Question two. Do you think someone will trade for Carr, and do you think that Waller is traded before the draft? I do think someone will trade for Carr. I think someone will make an offer for Carr. I don't exactly know if he'll, um, if the Raiders will make a deal. I feel like they're going to kind of have to um, take what they can get in this situation. They're pushed up against a deadline that everybody knows about already, so that's already ruining some of their leverage, and they already don't have a lot because, every, obviously, Derek's even said it now, that 
the Raiders are planning on moving on from him. They're going to move on from him. So the Raiders don't have a ton of um, leverage when it comes to a trade negotiation, and Carr hasn't played well this past year. So I think they're going to be a little bit realistic about what they can get. But I do think if you're the Raiders, you find whatever deal you can and just try and get whatever you can to salvage that that uh, for trying to upload on or stock up on picks as I fumble through my words here um, as much as you can from Carr. And you kind of have to be a little bit of uh, eat some value, I think, where maybe if they didn't have this deadline, they would have gotten more from him. But I definitely think the move there is to try and get as much as you can or try and get whatever you can for Derek. As far as Waller traded before the draft, I don't think Waller's going to go anywhere. I think they're going to hold on to him. Um, obviously, they signed him to a con- big contract extension. I mean, I guess so they did Carr, but they don't have the out that they did with uh, with Carr. So I think Waller's going to be um, stay stay put. I don't. I would be kind of surprised if they ended up trading uh, trading him. I think they uh, they want to try and make it work with him and him and Devonte and um, kind of go forward. Next up, what would you do? Great football, Poobah. Glad someone finally acknowledged it. Draft C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, or Tyree Wilson, or someone else you like at seven, or trade back and accumulate more talent. So a lot of ors there in the questions, a lot of scenarios. I like C.J. Stroud. I think he could be. I think if he's there at seven, I think he's the absolute pick. I wouldn't even hate it if they traded up to go get C.J. Stroud if someone else is going to take Bryce Young earlier. So yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Stroud. Again, I haven't done too much diving into my the quarterback class. I'm not exactly sold on Will Levis. Um, with Levis just for him this past year was going to be huge for him and basically every big game that Kentucky had he kind of played like crap and kind of crapped on his leg a little bit so that's something that worries me just one of those intangible things that when you see a guy get a ton of hype and then just not really live up to it I know he's got a ton of tools and a ton of traits but I don't know I'm not not exactly sold on Levis I like Tyree Wilson a lot I'm not buying into the top 10 hype that I see from him. I don't know if he's a good enough athlete to be a guy that you draft as an edge in the top 10. Um, but I would like him in the 15 in a trade back scenario which, that you brought up. Uh, the other guy that I like at seven, I, I kind of like Brian Bressy from Clemson, the defensive tackle. He's a guy that's pretty raw, who's missed a lot of uh, football over the last two years. I think I've talked about him a few times on this podcast, but would... Um, would fill a need for the Raiders and be uh, an up upgrade as um, as, a, as a pass rushing defensive tackle. Just a matter of if he can get that technique down with uh, all that missed time. But yeah, I would uh, my I'm gonna pound on the table. I'm definitely uh, in for C.J. Stroud, especially at seven, maybe at five. They need to do a little trade up or something like that. But Stroud's my guy as of right now, uh, assuming that Bryce Young goes earlier. Question four. What do you think the chances are the Raiders trade an elite edge for a bunch of picks? Still scarred from 2018. Do you think there is a chance Mac is reunited with the Raiders? So I think uh, I think Mark Davis has learned his lesson. I know everyone's gone from that trade, but I think Mark Davis learned that lesson the hard way where I don't think he would let them uh, get rid of Max Crosby. Um, so I don't think we have to worry about that. I think Max is uh, going to be safe. Again, I don't think the Raiders make that same mistake twice, even if it is a new regime. But uh, um, as far as Mac being reunited with the Raiders, so Mac's under contract for the next, I think, two years after this one. And then at that point, it'll be like 33, 34. Um, so I don't know how great that he would be at that point. And I don't know if he's going to be a guy that they really want to bring in. The other thing is, too, like you got to remember, especially now that Carr is gone, who was Mac's boy, um, 
there's no one left. And it's not even in the same city as, or he's not even, even be in the same city as he used to play in. So, I mean, as far as Mac reuniting with the Raiders, it's, there's no one to really reunite with except for the logo on the side of the helmet and the bull cut up in the, the press box, or not the press box, the owner's box. So, unless uh, he's got some sort of strong ties to Mark Davis, um, I don't don't see Mac uh, Mac reunion happening. Too many uh, too many things that have changed. I think, and uh, I think that ship has pretty much sailed. Last question of the week: How likely is it that you think the Raiders will be on Hard Knocks next season? So I think they can have a decent case. Obviously, they'll have a new quarterback, maybe a rookie, maybe even a quarterback competition that uh, Hard Knocks seems to love. Um, obviously it's in a, a big market with the Vegas and the entertainment and all that stuff that I think would be a big draw. The things that would draw back from it. And I think why they wouldn't get it is one, they've been on it somewhat recently. I think you, hard knocks usually likes to mix things up. I know they had the Rams on it, um, pretty close to each other, but that also had to do with the COVID year and all that stuff. So I don't think they would get hard knocks. And the other thing is too, like they usually like to get a, a head coach that's you know, really entertaining and like dynamic and gives a lot of quotes and funny. That's not Josh McDaniels. You guys have heard me wa- wa- uh, read his quotes and struggle to work, um, struggle to read through his quotes. He's a pretty boring guy. I don't think he's a guy that you'd really look for in, in hard knocks. And probably a lot of people would be disappointed with because the head coach, I think, can make a good hard knocks. And so I think with those two things, the Raiders having been on it recently, and I think they can refuse it too because of that too. Um, and Josh Jacob or Josh McDaniels just not having that dynamic of a personality, probably not going to be on Hard Knocks. That'll do it for week one of the offseason, guys. And I did want to take a second to talk about last week since I know everyone who listens doesn't follow me on Twitter or maybe even didn't see my tweet. But I felt like I owed you guys a little bit of an explanation of what happened. Um, last Thursday when I normally record this podcast, I found out my grandpa passed away. Or my grandpa passed away on Thursday. Um, and I found that out that morning. Uh, still did some of the written work, but just really wasn't feeling up for turning on the mic and bringing some sort of energy to the, to the podcast. Um, and I say this not to look for sympathy or to try and get more attention. I say this for two reasons. One, again, because I felt like I owed it to you guys or owed you guys an explanation as to what happened, uh, for those that don't know. And two, I wanted to take a second to, to thank everyone and acknowledge everyone who reached out to me and on social media, on Twitter or text or whatever. And, um, you know, obviously sent their condolences and all that good stuff for me. That really meant a lot. You know, we talk about Raider nation being a family and all that stuff and more than a fan base. Um, I definitely felt that last week and I wanted to thank you guys and express how, how appreciative I am of that and how much that really meant to me. It was definitely, uh, definitely a big family over here. I'm glad that we're glad that we're more than just a fan base and that all of you guys did that for me, but thank you guys. Thank you guys for all, as always, for listening. Make sure you're following me on Twitter, Adam Holder 95 Follow Silver and Black Pride. Until next week, guys.